Hi everyone, I'm Serena from the Geology Podcast Network coming to you from Kingston, Ontario. Canada is a big place and the majority of us have not been able to explore its full extent. That is why, in the face of a global pandemic keeping us at home, I am bringing you some armchair Canadian geology. Welcome to the Backyard Geology Podcast Series, Canada Edition. Join me on a trip across Canada to look at some of our most treasured sites. This week's stop, the Diavik Diamond Mine in the Northwest Territories. The barren subarctic tundra of northern Canada is harsh, vast, and freezing cold. Yet there seems to be a craze for a region around Lac de Grasse in the Northwest Territories, and you can probably guess that it isn't for your typical vacationers, but rather for geologists. There, in the vast landscape, lies one of the most productive diamond mines in the world, producing 6.3 million carats of rough diamonds in 2020 and employing over 1,100 people. Canada's subarctic is home to arguably some of the coolest igneous rocks out there. Kimberlites, first discovered in 1869, are ultramafic igneous rocks that appear as vertical intrusions or pipes in ancient stable cratons, such as the slave province of the Northwest Territories. Because of their origins and rapid ascent to the surface, some, not all, but some kimberlite magmas are able to pick up diamonds and bring them up to the surface. Not all kimberlites host diamonds, but kimberlite-hosted diamonds are the largest global source of diamonds and offer some benefits in the mining process. Let's take a look at the geology of kimberlites and why they make Diavik such a worthy stop on our geologic trip across Canada. Before kimberlites, diamonds were sourced from loose alluvial sedimentary deposits coming from rivers or their drainage paths. This was great but required a lot of work to track down the deposits and pan through sediments. Other minerals were known to be found in the sediments containing diamonds. These indicator minerals were eventually found in a particular igneous host in South Africa in 1869, which led to the discovery of diamonds hosted in igneous rock. This rock type was named kimberlite after the town of Kimberley where it was first discovered. These indicator minerals, including garnet, chromite, and olivine, are still used today to identify diamond-bearing kimberlites in the mining industry. Since their discovery in South Africa, kimberlites have been found all over the world, including in northern Canada. The Lac de Grasse kimberlite field consists of over 300 kimberlite pipes six of which are under excavation for diamonds in the Diavik mine and neighboring Akati mine. In their current form, kimberlites appear as intrusions called pipes, with a diameter of tens to hundreds of meters outcropping on the surface of the earth. The ascent of the kimberlite magma is indisputably through pre-existing zones of weakness in the lithosphere, earth's solid, rocky crust, such as old suture zones or fault zones. Because of their chemical composition, the magmas are able to rise to the surface at alarming speeds. The rocks are super basic in composition, and the Earth's crust, made of silicates, is acidic relative to the kimberlite magma. As per the rules of acid-base chemistry, when the basic magma meets the acidic crust, 
a reaction takes place, creating water vapor and carbon dioxide gas. These allow the magmas to bubble up furiously and shoot up through weaknesses in the crust. The Lactograss kimberlites formed during episodic magmatism in the Slave Geologic Province up in the Northwest Territories during the Eocene Epoch 55 to 50 million years ago. These ultra-basic magmas were formed deep within the Earth. Likewise, diamonds are produced deep within the Earth, requiring high temperatures and pressures to form. Because of this, the ascent of the kimberlite magma sometimes means that it picks up diamonds, bringing them up to the surface where they can be more easily mined. The diamonds are therefore called xenochris, xeno meaning foreign and chris referring to crystals. They are foreign material to the host rock, the kimberlite, and are essentially just very classy and very expensive hitchhikers. The exact origin of the diamonds is not fully understood. The main reason for this is because we don't know exactly where the kimberlite magma comes from, other than that we know that it must be really deep. By the time it reaches the surface, it has been so contaminated by the contents of the crust that it is hard to determine its provenance from a chemical standpoint. There exist several theories as to the origin of the diamonds and kimberlites, though. Diamonds are known to exist in the transition zones between the lithosphere and the asthenosphere, the fluid upper part of the mantle, and the asthenosphere and the lower mantle. Based on the known locations of diamonds, it is possible that the kimberlites come from just below either of these boundaries. The Lactograss kimberlites, like most others, were discovered by airborne geophysical surveys. These are done as magnetic, electromagnetic, resistivity, and or gravity surveys. Different materials in the Earth will cause different anomalies in these surveys, leading to the identification of features of interest, like kimberlites. To start, these surveys are looking for thickened lithosphere where the cratons are located. Next, as ultra-basic rocks, kimberlites are denser and contain more, heavier magnetic minerals, causing isolated, small anomalies. For example, kimberlites would produce a negative anomaly on a gravity survey because the more dense and massive rock would have a slightly higher gravity than the surrounding rock. This is slightly problematic as often the anomalies can be too small to be picked up in large-scale airborne surveys. So these surveys are paired with detailed geologic maps of the area and expertise from geologists. Once a kimberlite is found, it is sampled and searched for indicator minerals. If indicator minerals are present, a larger sample is obtained to evaluate the economic value of the kimberlite by looking for diamonds and assessing their grade. With a larger sample, the economic value of the diamond deposit is determined by diamond quality and quantity in a laboratory environment. This involves looking at the sizes and qualities of some indicator minerals and, of course, searching for diamonds themselves in the sample. The grade, or concentration of diamonds, is defined by the number of carats per ton, where one carat is equal to 0.2 grams. The quality of the diamond is determined by clarity and color. Generally speaking, colorless clear diamonds are the most valuable, and they must be at least 0.5 millimeters in diameter to be of any economic value at all. If the kimberlite is determined to host economically significant diamonds, then excavation of the rock will proceed. 
Rock in the Diavik mine is extracted primarily with the sublevel retreat mining method. This is a caving based method. The rock is mined from the top of the deposit to the bottom, where caves are blasted out, excess rock is removed, and gradually a hole is formed. Excavated mining areas are not filled in, meaning that open pits are made as the subsurface is gradually removed, such as those at the Diavik site, which, by the way, you can see from Google Earth. Once the rock has been blasted, excavated, and removed from the underground, diamonds are extracted in a laboratory setting, which often involves dissolving the rock around the diamonds. Interestingly, two of the excavation sites at Diavik are located in a lake. To build the mine, a dam was first built to block off the water from the lake. The Diavik mine itself is on an island, and therefore a runway and living quarters were also built to accommodate workers. Fresh foods fly in with the workers, who typically stay on site for two weeks at a time. An ice road exists to the island for about eight weeks a year in the heart of the winter, during which all other non-perishable items are driven on site and all waste is removed from the site. This helps maintain the pristine northern environment, as do a collection of giant wind turbines to limit the need for diesel fuel. In addition to environmental considerations, the Diavik mine puts a real emphasis on human safety. Of course, all workplaces should do this, but Diavik has strict rules to keep workers safe and to avoid having a crisis in such a remote location. Even running in the living quarters is prohibited, so I read. This is definitely the most remote stop we will make in this podcast series, but I think it is a gem of a stop, pun intended. The Diavik mine exploits diamond-hosting kimberlite pipes of the Lactagrass kimberlite field. As a geologist, kimberlites absolutely fascinate me, and having them right here in Canada is certainly a perk. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Backyard Geology Canada Edition is part of the Geology Podcast Network and is sponsored by Travelling Geologists.